In this episode, we're going to finish our look at upgrading a Rails 2 application to Rails 3. This is the app so far, and we've made a lot of progress by getting all of our tests passing, and we've used that Rails upgrade plugin to help find the areas that need upgrading to Rails 3. However, there's still a lot of things that need fixing in the view layer, and that's what we're going to focus on primarily in this episode. Now before I get into those fixes in the view layer, I first want to run rake spec once again to find any deprecation warnings that we can clear up uh, in our application. And as you can see, our specs are still passing, which is good, but we are getting some deprecation warnings still, but not quite as many as we did before, so we're making some good progress. And most of them are duplicates, so as you can see, uh, there's some calls to error messages 4, which was moved out into a plugin. I'd probably want to redefine the method, but for now, I'm just going to uh, install the plugin to keep things simple. And I'll do that with Rails plugin install, and then that URL for the dynamic form plugin. And now with that plugin installed, let's try running our specs again and see if they pass. And we're still getting a lot of deprecation warnings. Uh, this is actually from the Thinking Sphinx library. So uh, if you're getting deprecations from a plugin, just check that plugin. Maybe check the issue tracker. And if there isn't any issues on it, just make one. And uh, maybe they'll get it fixed. Now in the case of Thinking Sphinx, this problem has already been reported and fixed. It just hasn't been included in the latest gem release yet. So to do this, instead of specifying the version here, we can actually tell Bundler to point to a specific Git repository. So this is a really cool feature and advantage of Bundler. So we can say the Thinking Sphinx Git repo, and we'll actually want to change the branch. So that is the Rails 3 branch here. And now when you run bundle install, it's actually going to download Thinking Sphinx from the Git repository, and then it will just use that version. So with that completed, we can try running our specs again and see what we get. And it looks like everything's passing with no deprecation warnings. I do have this warning about libxml being an old version, but that's kind of specific to my environment. Um, everything else passes, though. Now with those deprecation warnings out of the way, let's fix some broken things that are on the view side of our application. Now one of the first things that stands out to me is that the sidebar of our app is missing. Now something this big really should be caught in the tests. I'm not a big fan of testing the view layer, but just testing the existence of the sidebar seems like a pretty important thing. So um, I probably would add a test for this first, but I won't here just for the sake of time. Now if you take a look inside the layout file for this application, you can see that the sidebar is rendered right here. Now this will yield the side content, and if it returns nil, it'll render a partial for the sidebar instead. Now this is what should be happening on that home page there, but for some reason it's not getting to this portion uh, of rendering the sidebar. And the problem is, is that in older versions of Rails, this yield call would return nil if content for side wasn't present. But now it actually returns an empty string. So to fix this, what you have to do is call content for with a question mark, pass inside to this, and if there is content, we can yield to it. If there isn't, we'll just render that partial. And then I'll do basically the same thing. So if you're ever calling yield uh, and then expecting it to return nil, it now returns a blank string if it's not present. Now if we reload our page here, we can see our sidebar is now present. So uh, let's hunt around in our application some more and find some other problems. What if we go to a specific episode? Well, one big obvious problem here is that the content of the show notes here is rendered out in HTML, but it should be just rendered um, without being escaped. Now the show notes in this application go through this custom text stylized helper method I made. 
Now this command just basically returns some HTML inside a string. Now if you're ever returning HTML in a string like this in a helper method, you'll need to mark it as HTML safe. Otherwise Rails 3 will automatically escape the HTML inside. And you can do that by just calling HTML safe on this. And this will return a string which is already marked as safe so it won't be escaped. I go into more detail on this in episode number 204. So check out the show notes here as we reload the page. Now they're rendered properly. Now this page has one other problem, and that is the title bar here should include the name of this episode, but it doesn't for some reason. Now this problem is somewhat specific to the way I did titles in this application. I use a title helper method here, and for some reason I'm trying to set this to an instance variable directly, instead of going through the content for helper method. Instead I should always just use the content for helper method, and then just pass in that. So that way when I call yield title in the layout, it'll properly translate over because they changed the name of the instance variable that this content for helper method sets. So I could either pass this in as a block or just pass it in as a second argument to this content for method. And we can try reloading here and notice the title properly has the episode name in it. Now the next problem I found with this application is inside the administration section where I have a list of models here and a destroy link for each one. So if I try to click the destroy link here, it's actually not going to work. It's going to take me to the show action for this given model, but there isn't one, so it's just reporting unknown action. Now the reason it's not doing a delete request is because the JavaScript in Rails 3 has been made unobtrusive, so it's actually no longer embedded here. So if we take a look at the HTML, we can see that the JavaScript is no longer embedded in this uh, tag here, this link tag. Instead, we have this data method delete, and it's going to expect some JavaScript to respond to this custom HTML5 attribute and change it to a delete request. Now, because I'm using jQuery in this application, I'll need to download this custom rails.js file inside the jQuery UJS project. Now, I'll link to this in the show notes for this episode. But if you're using prototype, you won't need to download this because uh, the rails.js file is already included inside your public JavaScripts file directory. And now with that file downloaded, I can include it inside my layout file. So here I have a jQuery, which I'm including, and then right after jQuery, I just include that rails.js file. And then I also need to do what's called a CSRF meta tag. So you'll want to add this CSRF meta tag, and that's just to prevent cross-site request forgery. Um, all this unobtrusive JavaScript, if you want more information about this, uh, check out episode number 205. Now, while I'm here in the layout file, it's a good idea to also switch to HTML5. So I'll just switch this up by removing a few things here, simplifying it, and there we go. Um, there probably is some other things I need to change in my application to fully upgrade to HTML5, but I can do some uh, validation checks to find all those. So now with that new Rails.js file, we'll just reload here and click the destroy link. Now we get our confirmation dialog and our model is properly destroyed through JavaScript. Uh, through that delete request. So that's all working. Now one more thing that you might want to do is look through all of your views and just remove any calls to the h method. Uh, this is just a simple index action here for a model and here I just have a couple h calls and those are used to escape HTML which Rails 3 does now automatically. Uh, you can check out episode number 204 for details on that. Really leaving the h method in won't hurt anything but uh, it's just a lot cleaner to take it out. 
Well, we're coming to a close here as we finish up our upgrade to Rails 3. Everything's working. We now just have to do a little bit of cleanup. Now, if you haven't already, make sure to remove the public index.html file just so that it doesn't use the default one that was generated by Rails 3 so that it uh, defaults to your Rails root. And same goes for the public images uh, rails.ping file. That is just the Rails logo which was used for that index page, and you can just remove that. There's also a lot of files inside the script directory which are no longer used. Basically, everything except the Rails script uh, isn't used in Rails 3. So you can remove, especially the common ones here, server, uh, generate, uh, console, and so on. Just remove those because they're not going to work and they're going to just cause confusion. So we can just remove each of those. Well, that's it for this series on upgrading a Rails 2 application to Rails 3. Keep in mind, a lot of this is application-specific, and there's no way I could cover everything that might go wrong in an upgrade to Rails 3. Basically, if you get any deprecation warnings or error messages, just use Google, and you'll likely come across a solution. Also, make sure to check out the Rails 3 episodes that I've done in the past. Uh, just check out the Rails 3 tag on railscast.com. Also, a lot of the problems upgrading will be from plugins. I encourage you to check out railsplugins.org for a great list of plugins and whether or not they're compatible with Rails 3. Also, visit the specific plugins GitHub repo because there might be a Rails 3 branch or the problem might be fixed in the latest head release uh, without a gem. And that's it. Thanks for watching.